0: Coming up next year on the Brandon's World Podcast. Brandon sits down with friend of the show, Christian In for the first time in almost two years. The dynamic duo talks all things NFL, all things NBA, their old down runs, their own down cast. As this conversation on the framework, World Podcast on the special Monday edition of the show kicks off now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Brain Brandon's World. And for the first time in a very, very long time, we have back on the show, friend of the show from my days of Buckshow oh, Radio, wow. the one and only Christian In from the Christian Inn Experiment. Christian, how's it going, bud? Oh,
1: man, I'm doing so well. How are you doing, Brandon? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I am having a blast. You know, I've said uh, this fall, you know, usually in the fall around November, you know, you get your college football, you get your NBA, you get your NFL. For some reason, this fall seems more chaotic, more cast oh, yeah. than ever. Um, And a lot of it just has to do with what's going on in sports. We're going to start with the NFL because me and you have had a lot of different conversations and we mostly agree. Um, But from the last time we spoke, I have been really strong on – I think the NFL was leaning more to an offensive game. Um, I think defensive coaches, no matter your your Hall of Fame-like, Bill Belichick, your Mike Tomlins, your smart defensive coaches, they are starting to feel a little bit outdated. Uh, we're seeing quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert not be able to win games with defensive coaches where, you know, Zach Taylor and Brian Dable are winning games with Tommy DeVito and Jake Browning. Um, I mean what's your whole take on just the way the game is going? And I mean, we're seeing we're seeing teams now with a bunch of back of quarterbacks. We're seeing defensive coaches can't win with them. And we're seeing Cincinnati stay in the playoff hunt with Jake Browning.
1: Right. Well, I think it's funny because it's been so long since we've talked. In fact, we were talking about the draft process and it was right after the draft happened uh, after Trevor Lawrence got drafted. And I was telling you, I think he might be a bust because he's his head coach is Urban Meyer. Well, that didn't last very long, did it? But um in terms of the defensive stuff, you just brought up you just brought up some some very great defensive coaches, but I want to look at a, a pretty bad one, Brandon Staley, that just got, got fired today in, today in, in LA. 20. Yeah, exactly. Today, I think that's the best example of what you're talking about. You got a defensive guy that that comes in and you know. People say defense wins championships. I understand why the Chargers were so excited about Staley at first, but he didn't work out. And, you know, he was a big defensive guy, and there was a big spat between him and some journalist earlier uh, in the year. I think it might have been just a couple weeks ago where he was telling them, I'm going to keep calling the defensive plays. I'm going to keep calling the defensive plays. And that, you know, that to me just, just rang in my head. Well, you know, Brandon, at the end of the day, it is an offensive league. And if you can't even call your defense to stop these offenses like he clearly couldn't last night. Last night was the perfect example of what you're talking about, even though there was a lot of defensive scores. But at the end of the day, things have changed a lot. And, you know, you brought up Zach Taylor and and the Bengals and you brought up. I, I want to bring up maybe it's because I'm a homer. I want to bring up Kevin Stefanski, yeah. And when I, he's I been able just, to do this, super. okay? So,
0: wow. so I was just about to get to Stefanski, so what's up yeah. Um, obviously, here in Cleveland, and I'm gonna admit it here, I have been a guy who for the last year or so I have not been the biggest fan of Stefanski. Um, yep. I think he gets way too cute with his play calling, uh, of course. I. I think that that sometimes he tries to outthink the room. There's times where he doesn't look motivated on the sideline. Um, But with that being said, and even, you know, to start this year, I kept saying they're losing games they're they're, they're not supposed to. The the offense looks horrible with whatever quarterback they've had. But in the gauntlet of an AFC, that is the AFC, you've had – Four quarterbacks start this year. Two of them are glorified practice squad guys. One was just done watching, you know, football from his parents' house every Sunday because he was basically retired out of the week. And then one, obviously, let's be honest, wasn't really healthy since week three, even though he played a couple games after that. The fact that the Browns are, what are they now, eight and five at the time of this week, something like that. I said, if Kevin Savansky gets this team the playoffs he's coach of the year whether people in Cleveland like it or not
1: yes yes you're absolutely right about that and the thing about it is I 100% agree with the Kevin Stefanski uh, criticisms I really do um, but I think every NFL head coach is up to some criticisms even right now we, we look at Bill Belichick the greatest potentially coach of all time and people are talking about How the hell does Robert Kraft bring him into his office and fire this guy? And look, all coaches have ups and downs, but I think Kevin Stefanski is in his best era right now. And I'll tell you this, in regard to his emotions, he didn't show a lot of emotions throughout the last couple of years. This year, potentially in the year he's faced the most adversity. I've seen more emotion out of him than I've seen in a long time, out of really a lot of Cleveland Brown's head coaches and I, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing from him again like you said if he takes this team to the playoffs which at this point it's it's I think the percentages are something like over the over 80 percent but that's the case he will win NFL coach of the year and he deserves it now you said four quarterbacks I think it's also important to mention seven total quarterbacks Changes as well this year. That's a lot, and I, yes, that's between four quarterbacks. But that's a lot, and,
0: and you some can't of that get it is on Stefanski though for bouncing sure. back and forth. Sure, sure, yes, when absolutely. They started PJ Walker that one game. We're saying, what do they do? And then they went back to DTR, and. Right. Them- even the last couple of weeks with Flacco was like, well, we're not going to tell anybody if we're starting Flacco or not. It's like everybody knows you're starting Flacco. Like,
1: right, of it's course. It's
0: the weirdness of that. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. So here's the deal. Um, in week two, we saw Nick Chubb go down with that knee injury. And I think I was the only person alive based in the city of Cleveland that said the Browns are going to be fine. If there's one position that you can lose, in the NFL, it's at the running back position. Um, I don't yep. care, I don't care how great Nick Chubb is. Um, you know, we've seen great NFL teams. I mean, when's the last time an NFL team that won a Super Bowl had a thousand-yard rusher? It just doesn't happen. Um, right. so I threw out a ton of s- scenarios last year when I said at the end of the year, like I would shop around Nick Chubb. I, I like the fact that they still had Kareem on at the time. I thought Jerome Ford would get more of a run. But I said, you're never going to get more value on a Chubb than you do right now. And right. obviously, he went down. So I, I think the Browns that such good running backs for such a long time. The fan base thinks you need a great running back. To me, and I said this, if the wants Watson, you pay him $230 million, you're not going to put the ball in a running back's hand. You're putting the ball in your damn quarterback's hands.
1: Right. Well, and I completely agree with that, Brandon. And you see what Kevin Stefanski really wants to do with his playbook with Joe Flacco in right now. He wants to pass the ball. He really, really does. And, look, after last year, after Chubb had another, I believe he had over a 1,000 yards probably, over a great year again last year, fans still wanted to trade him and I know that you're an Eagles fan correct but yes. you are just a, a you are just a, a fan looking on and you thought maybe it might be smart to trade him I wanted to keep him but that's just cuz I'm a homer and I like keeping guys that I like however there would have been a lot of value in it now on the other hand there probably still could be but but you wouldn't have gotten what you would have gotten last year um with that being said <clears throat> With Deshaun, I think he really, hopefully when he comes back next year, we'll be able to see some more passing. I wanted to really see a 300-yard game from Deshaun this year. I really, really did. That was one of the barometers I was looking for from him and Kevin Stefanski, but we've seen it with Joe Flacco, but I really wanted to see that, and we didn't see that. We It was close with that second Ravens game, um, and it was close against the Titans, but You know, we really didn't see that. But I think that's what Stefanski likes to do. I I was going to say this earlier. I'm going to say it now. People, you know, talk about the tree that Stefanski came from, whether that be Gary Kubiak or or whoever. I think he really likes to emulate or copy Andy Reid. I think he wants to be Andy Reid 2.0. And you said he gets a little too silly sometimes. He does this, he does that. I think Browns fans recognize when he does that. And I think they say, you know, you know, people like Andy Reid can do that. People like them can do that. But you haven't maybe earned doing that sort of silly stuff yet. And that silly stuff, you know, even though it has to be executed by the players, does affect the game. And it has caused some losses uh, this year and in the past as well. Um, So, yeah, I, I completely agree. But. With all that being said, I I do think Stefanski likes to think of himself as more of an Andy Reid type. And he likes to get a little cute, even in times when maybe you shouldn't or when they're up by a lot or whatever. And you're like, what the hell is this guy doing?
0: I've compared him a lot to actually um, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay.
1: That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. They
0: run a very sick similar scheme and I said Stefanski and four are very similar to where they're very good on script the first couple drives and then it like takes them a couple quarters to adjust second third quarter the offense isn't great you know but their defense most of the time hangs on right. uh, before we get to the NBA I want to ask you a draft question okay uh, this draft is fascinating um I'm just going to ask you this you're the general manager of the Chicago Bears I think they're the most fascinating team in the offseason. Listen, when Justin Fields came out of college, I was not the biggest fan. I thought he was going to be a very good quarterback, but I thought really like a lot of these quarterbacks, we've talked about a lot, it depends on where you land. Um, I did not think Matt Nagy was a terrible head coach. I didn't understand the move. I didn't understand going out and getting Eberflus. They got D.J. Moore this year, and over the last month, Justin Fields has probably played the best football he's ever played. The problem is going to be you're going to get that number one pick, and there is a potential transcendent quarterback on the board in Caleb Williams. I think Justin Fields is going to be very good. I don't think he has the ceiling. Caleb does. If I had to guess right now, for some reason, I think the Bears are going to hang on to both Fields and Eberflus. I wouldn't. I would start fresh because I think you're just going to catch yourself in this retread over and over of being seven and ten every single year. But what what would you do?
1: I think I would probably. Now, I've I've seen mock drafts and I've seen you know trade. Even more importantly, for what I'm going to say, trade scenarios um, where a talent like Caleb Williams, maybe one of the best prospects we've seen in a very long time. At quarterback. Um, I will say this. If I was this is just such a tough question, but if I were the general manager, I would likely trade the picks. Because I do like Justin Fields. I really do. I think he was in his draft coming out one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks. Obviously, there were some great quarterbacks in that class, but I think he was still especially coming out of Ohio state, just a pro ready quarterback. And I was really excited to see him. And I still do like watching him, but I think he's been held back by a couple of things. And look, the bears could use some pieces all over the place. You know, I think they're what four, and nine they're four and five and eight right now. They're five and eight right now. They could use pieces all over the place, but I will say this, there is obviously a benefit in trading maybe a Justin Fields or some other valuable players, and then just drafting Caleb Williams. Either way, I think there's going to be some, some sort of trade that happens now. What could happen is they keep Justin Fields, and then they just draft Caleb Williams, and then just see what happens. Because I did the Cardinals do this with Josh Rosen and they, Kyler Murray? They, they, they traded feed? away
0: Rosen, though. That's right.
1: That's right. They did. They traded him away. I thought for some reason they kept him, but no. Um, but with all that being said, I I do, I do have a feeling there's going to be some sort of juicy trade, whether that means Chicago gets, now I wouldn't do it for anything less than two firsts, you know, two seconds, maybe even three firsts, honestly, because we know Caleb Williams is going to be an instant starter wherever he goes, most likely. Um, So I just have a feeling that there's going to be some sort of big trade that happens, whatever happens. And if I were the general manager, likely, I'd likely trade those picks. Or if you just want to stay put and then just draft the best available, uh the best next, uh the next best available player, that's also a good option too.
0: And I said a month ago um if I was Chicago I would have hoped for their sake that that they would have kept losing because I, I would have drafted Caleb number <laughs> one and if I had the number three or number four pick I would have found a way to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. And I would have Caleb, Marvin, DJ Moore, Cole Combat with a new, hopefully, offensive coach. That's what I would have done. I think that's yeah. a dream scenario. But now, unfortunately, you know, we saw they just beat Detroit this past week. So it looks like that was a big
1: win, too. Yeah. And now they're coming to yeah. Cleveland, and Cleveland needs to take them seriously, too, because. Yeah. No, I completely. Looks like they're coming to play. All
0: right. So speaking of Cleveland, I, I know we only got about 10 minutes left. So we're, we're going to switch gears. Okay. Christian. What the, the last time we talked about the Cavs, we were so excited. What the hell happened to this team? <laughs> I, I I I'm just gonna say it up front. I'm off the bigger staff trade. I or yep. the tree I wanted them gone at the, at the end of the year. I don't think he I think JB Bickerstaff reminds me of a guy like I don't know, a Sean McDermott or so in Buffalo. <laughs> a guy who can like rebuild the team. Get you to the playoffs first or second round, but can't get you over the up. And just before this recording started, we found out Darius Garwin's gonna be out. Uh, I don't know if you've heard uh Evan Mobley is getting surgery. He's gonna be out six to eight weeks. It almost feels like the season's over at this point. Um, I hate to say it. I don't what the hell happened to this team?
1: Well, something big is going to happen. I'm just going to make a prediction. I don't know when this episode is coming out. Something big is going to happen, and it's either going to be –
0: Mitchell tra- gets traded? I
1: wouldn't – I would. I was thinking about saying that. I think it's more likely that J.B. Bickerstaff gets fired. Now, the culture in that Cleveland locker room is so close. I will say this about the Cavs team. They are very close, and they take things very personally. And with that being said – They got dogged, roughed around, beat up by the Knicks. And you saw how they played against the Knicks already this year. They got dogged, beat around, beat up by the Knicks. They're not a tough team. I'm just going to go out and say They are not a tough team. And with that, they're not going to win in the playoffs. The difference between this team and the difference between the Cavs team with LeBron on it. Now, I will say this. Last year, if you asked me around this time of year, I might have said, this is probably the most fun I've had with the Cavs team since maybe even more than Le- when LeBron was here the second time. Um, but the difference is this team is not tough and they cannot win anything. Um, that LeBron team, just because they had LeBron and the essence of LeBron, made them tough and it made them feared. This team used to be feared when they had the likes of marketing and they had Obviously Allen then and then they had Mobley and that was just just three seven foot just monsters. And there's no way you could stop that. And it was almost like nothing we've ever seen in the at least in the modern NBA. Nope. Completely agree. All three of these guys could also shoot, by the way. And marketing can just put up threes from anywhere. So and he can post up. And I mean, so while I don't disagree with the Donovan Mitchell trade. I, I love Donovan Mitchell. Last year, like I said, one of the most fun years I've ever had as a Cavs fan. Um he didn't win anything in Utah. Uh he had a very similar, in a way, setup in Utah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: except he didn't have as good as a he didn't have another two guard that was as good as Darius. But like you said, now Darius is going to be out for probably eight weeks. And Mobley's gonna be out for probably eight weeks. So something's gonna to have to happen. I don't know if it will be as drastic as I don't I don't think they're they're going to trade Donovan. I, I think if they traded him, it's going to be at the end of the year in a sort of sort of a sign and trade scenario or something. I think he's going to try to help them get something out of it because I don't think he wants to f them over. I really don't. I think it's going to be something sort of like that if he goes. Now, I have a feeling we might just sign him to a long-term deal and then trade him next year anyway or something, but who knows? Okay. With that so, being said, I think it's more likely that we trade Allen, so, uh, Jared Allen.
0: So so I'm going to say this. Um, it was the night that they lost the fifth game to the Knicks. Obviously, they weren't at the first all the players. They just got bullied to hell. And yeah. I was laying in bed that night, and I was thinking about the team. And obviously, at this point, no free Asian boots in not happen. They didn't add Shrooosh yet. They, they they didn't have yeah. anything. Uh, but I'm just sitting there going – You know, everybody says trade Jared Allen, he's soft, and I agree he is soft. The problem is I don't believe Evan Mulvey is a legit five. I think his body is perfect for for a four, and I actually think him and Allen complement each other. So I said, okay, we all know the problem with the Cavs. They need a wing. Um, And so I said, well, you just got Mitchell. You're not going to trade Mitchell. I said, the one guy you got to trade was Garland, and I I was thinking about eh, what team would it make sense to get Darius Garland that as a legit wing, maybe as a boatload of wings that you could go on and get. And the one team I thought of that I thought would do it would be the Clippers, and I would have called and asked for Paul George, and I thought you you would have Mitchell at the one, LeVert at the two, George at the three, with Moi at the four, Allen at the five. Paul George, a very good player. I oftentimes don't trust him in the postseason either. But at least it gets you more size on the wing. Right. You move Mitchell to the point guard, which he's done very well, by the way, when Garwin's been out and Mitchell's had to move to the point, which mm-hmm. they didn't have a backup point because Rubio was hurt and is pretty much done. So yep. that's the move that I would made. Again, it made sense. Sorry, wise. I don't know what the corporates would have done it, but it sort of feels like the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard experiment should have ended and you know they should have got a true point guard instead so of going out and getting James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's, that's what I would have done. Well, unfortunately, it scares me because,
1: excuse me, it scares me. because... Oh, sorry, I, I got it. Yeah,
0: can, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay,
1: it scares me because I feel like you're right. I, I would rather trade to Allen because I've less of a, a connection with him, but. I I really think trading either Garland or Mitchell, to me, it's Mitchell. Now, I know that that Mitchell is a better player, but I think it's more likely that Mitchell isn't here anyway in the future, and Garland is. So if you're going to pick one, pick Garland. Garland's still very, very, very young. And, you know, I think Garland can become something – Incredible. Uh, there were spurts last year. I think he's having the best year he's ever had this year, but I think he can become even better. Um, and, you know, with a legitimate wing, like you said, with a legitimate small forward, boy, this team would be dangerous. And it doesn't matter who's coaching, by the way. I think JB could still be the coach, and if we had a legitimate small forward, somebody that could come in right away. And we, we almost kind of had that, right, with Laurie Market, And we almost kind of had the team – that you might think, oh, wow, if this builds, if we wait a couple years with this team, this could be an Eastern Conference Finals team, maybe even a Finals team. I mean, that's what happens when teams stick together. that
0: team was missing, though, was a two-guard, and you essentially gave up what you had at three and marked him for the two-guard in Mitchell. Um, Well,
1: then maybe we should look at, you know, not only head coach, but should we also look at GM? Is Kobe Altman the right option
0: right now? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's also something else. No, below. that's 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 a good point. I like, I don't think Altman's special, but I don't think he's a bad GM by any means. But I also think he's hesitant. Like back back in the um, you know, he was here the last year. LeBron was here the second time, and if you remember, the the Cavs redid their whole team, the trade deadline, and got to the finals that year. It almost feels like Altman doesn't want to get burned again by giving up right. so many assets to go get, you know, a guy who could be a game changer or, you know, maybe a guy that wasn't a game changer. I think the Mitchell move on the surface, it looked like, yes, you pretty much had to give up marketing. I said, I wish Utah would have fell and, gave, and would have wanted us give up a Coro instead. That's yes. like, uh. You know, maybe maybe you could have sold him on a Coro and Sexton because I didn't think the Garwin Sexton thing was going to work. I thought you had to move one of them. Uh, yeah, I, I liked. I always said I thought Sexton was a good six man. I didn't think he was a starting point guard in the NBA. I thought he worked perfectly off. But to get Mitchell, I thought it was worth it. But unfortunately, had have been able to find a small forward.
1: Yep, and that's, that's been the biggest problem, and it's been also a frustrating problem because it's been a problem that we've sort of known about for many, many, many years, pretty much since uh, 23 left. So it's like, you know, obviously you want to build your team in other ways, and we have, but some of those picks, like Okoro, who was that number five pick who was supposed to come in and be that small forward, um, he was supposed to be... Defense and, you know, three and D type of guy. He's just been a D type of guy. He's not even, and I mean that with his grade. He's, I give him a D, but, but he, I mean, he's good on defense, you know, he's good, but yeah. it's also like, where the hell is this three point shot? Where wasn't that supposed to be fixed some point last year? Yeah,
0: I mean, I kept saying it. I mean, he's four
1: years in the week and he can't make a free. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. So it's, it's time to, like I said, it's time to evaluate Kobe Altman. He's made mostly good picks. I think the I think the Mitchell trade was a little much, but I you know, we still got a good player. We made it to the playoffs. This year though, and it's not looking good right now, this year has to be the year that we make it past the first round and then make some noise. I mean, that's what has to happen with this team this year. Otherwise, there's there's not only going to be changes at the trade deadline, there's gonna be lots of changes at the end of the year, and it's gonna include donovan mitchell gone it's going to include other players gone and it's it's going to look maybe a little bleak in cleveland
0: all right so i want to ask you one off the court question okay Um, you and i are both huge nfl and nba fans um i have said though for years that the nba is slowly losing popularity to the nfl and I realized this year they tried to do this in-season tournament to get viewership, but it's not working. Um, I think the NBA season really doesn't start until Christmas. And to be honest, sometimes it really doesn't start till the trade deadline, because when the playoffs come, we've seen now it's a completely different sport in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, what were your thoughts on the in-season tournament, and is there Anything the NBA can do to sort of spark the regular season, because even if you don't, even if you tell guys, you know, you can't load manage. Like I'm sitting here going, I know April, May, and June is a completely different sport than the regular yes. season. It's hard to get into these regular season games, no matter who you're playing. I th-
1: I think the NBA doesn't need as many games as it has. Yeah. You know, I think the NBA. Uh, <laughs> almost like Major League Baseball as well. like like, I think we all agree that MLB has too many games. I think the NBA sort of suffers with the same thing. Um you know, fans don't get excited about the regular season because they don't even know if their favorite players are going to be playing. And I know that they're trying to to help that and fix that with with load management stuff and rules against that. but but then there's caveats that say, well, if you have injury history, then then we'll look the other way. Well, that completely takes it out of it because everyone has injury history in the NBA. All the superstars do. And and like I said, I, I think it's really unfair for fans who... Uh, I don't blame fans. I mean, I went to an NBA tournament uh, in season tournament game in Cleveland this year, um, and yeah, the atmosphere was a little better. Um, people were waving around towels, and like I said, it, it was a little louder maybe than a normal regular season game, but I've heard regular season games much louder, and it's just because the games are fun. Um, I think the less product you have, the the more fun it inevitably ends up being because just more players are rested up. I think you could even just knock it off 10 games. If you don't want to start in the middle of um October, yes, yeah. start sometime no, in November. I, I thought in the, November. Or, or I, in the beginning of December.
0: I thought the COVID year when we went from December to July, I kept advocating for I think the NBA should stick with that schedule because I, I really like the playoffs in June, the finals in July. Because when you have that that gap in June and July when it's just baseball, I mean when the when the NBA was on, it actually made you want to watch baseball more because you're already on the TV watching basketball anyway.
1: Right, exactly. And like yeah, yeah, like I said, the, the shorter the sample size, the more people want to watch it and the more excited they get about it. That's why the NFL is just king, because people just there's you know, like I said, they're they're adding games, but You know, the NFL is never going to get over a 20-game mark, for example. And if it even gets over 18, I'd be shocked. Um, But, you know, it's still, like, very, very limited sample size. You know, lots of injuries happen in the NFL still, but a lot of times you're still seeing lots of of good players play, either on offense or defense. You don't get that in the NBA. You don't get that in the MLB. And it is because they play so many games and there's so many – I'm sore games where people just rest and they, and they don't play. And uh, like I said, it's, it, it's a detriment to teams. It's a detriment to fans because nobody wants to go. Uh, I, I I went to a game before the in season tournament game this year and, you know, Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing and they didn't even announce that until like an hour before the game. And like, we were like, what? And like, just, it needs to be more transparent. And like I said, seasons need to be shorter.
0: Hidden. This was a blast and we add more time. We dive into a lot more stuff, but I'm going to bring you back on, you know, maybe right around the Super Bowl, potentially right after. We'll get into everything. NFL free agency draft, NBA. Great. So that time we we'll run right around the corner. Baseball and all those funky rule changes are coming back. March Madness, the transfer portal. There's going to be a ton going on at that time. Thanks for coming back, buddy. It was wonderful to have you on the show. Go ahead and point your shoulders.
1: Brandon, thanks so much. If you guys want to follow me, I'm C Hinton Media. on pretty much everything. C Hinton, H-I-N-T-O-N Media. Um pretty much follow me on X. That's where I have all of my sports takes. Uh
0: yeah. Sounds good, Christian. Thank you guys so much. And we will be back here for another episode of Brands World where we will break down all of the week 15 NFL action.